Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Number One Vegas Podcast. I'm your host, Daddy McDook. I'm joined as always by John Sheeran. And John, we have talked about receivers. We've talked about the linebackers. And now I want to talk about running backs for the Cincinnati Bengals. Running back used to be the most, one of the most, probably the second most important position on offense after quarterback. Now, not so much. Bengals invested a lot in Joe Mixon, who's had some injury problems. Now, a lot of people are expecting him to have a huge year, but we we also have, you know, uh, Samaj Perrin, who had an excellent close to his season. And we have uh, Travion Williams, who is on the show and is looking to break out. And we have Chris Evans. So so how does that all work out? And let's let's start with Mixon. What, what are your expectations for him? What can he possibly do if healthy? How How much of a factor can he be? There's been so much talk about Joe Mixon, just the total package, the athlete, the ball carrier, the receiver, just everything about him, right? It, it's, it was a lot of talent of him coming out of Oklahoma. Uh, he only played two years, but producing at a high level, at a big school. And there was the reason why he was available in the second round in the first place. But ever since he got into the league, ever since he put on a Bengals uniform, it's always been this guy's uberly talented. He should be up there with the other premier running backs in the NFL. And through four years now, there's been some good, but there's also been a lot of just underwhelmingness with him. And I think that has only been amplified due to the fact that the Bengals invested $50 million in him over five years. They did the one thing that you probably shouldn't do anymore in the NFL, and that's pay a running back a second contract, a hefty second contract. But I do think that Mixon is still every bit as talented as he's advertised. It's just that, I don't know if you agree with this, but if you're continued to be hyped up for years and years, and you still can't produce relative to the level of hype and praise and acclaim that, that you're getting, at what point do you, do you sit and, and sit and just realize and say, that maybe this guy isn't as good as he's being talked up about? And I know that how well a running back does is entirely dependent on his situation, which kind of goes back to the whole thing of you, you pay a running back. But I do feel like this is such a pivotal year for Mixon because he's projected to touch the ball more than he's ever done in his four years in the NFL now. And he finally has a decent offensive line in front of him and a run game coordinator offensive line coach that best meshes and mixes with his overall talent and is going to implement a scheme that will benefit him the most because that's what he succeeded in in 2018. If he doesn't produce to the level of talent that he has now, I think we do have to start asking the question, is Joe Mixon really as good as we prop him up to be? Well, that's the question, John. How do you measure production? Because, you know, I mean, he doesn't need to put up 1,200, 1,500 yards for him to have a massively successful season. But if you're paying him that much, shouldn't that be the expectation? I'm. The thing is, I think in today's NFL, the top running back is a guy who can get you, you know, four and a half yards or more per carry. He can help in blocking and he can get some receptions. I don't, I don't think you need the guys. You don't need the Derek Henrys. He's great, but you don't need that. That makes sense, but you already paid him to be that, right? Like, there's a reason why the Titans reinvested in Derrick Henry, right? Because he's, be he's a unicorn of a running back. But let's be honest. The Bengals paid Joe Mixon in large part because he's a good hype man. I'm not going to look. I don't want to get too much into it. But we, you and I know both 
that the Bengals love hype men and women. They, they find the people on Twitter that are the best at hyping up the team. They're all about the PR. And John, I, I totally get it. Some of the most successful dictatorships in the history of mankind have been founded on, or, or uh, you know, democracies, whatever you like, any of them, right? Okay. It's, it's all about the hype. It's all about how you present yourself, how you sell yourself. You see the show. Why do you think the show has eight people watching right now? Because look at my suits. That's why, John. And, and I think with, with, with the Bengals, the fact that Nixon gets excited, the fact that he, he doesn't seem to know the history of the team and all the failures or he ignores it, I think they like that and they want him to help build that culture. I honestly think that's, that's like half the reason they gave him a new deal. Great, great business tactics, you know? Great, yeah. John, it's the same reason why they get a lot of Ohio State guys. They get a lot of local guys. They have something they're trying to sell people on. When the, oh, they've been when, selling it for like three years yeah, now, right? Yeah. It, was, it was before Mixon got extended. It was when he right. got extended, and it's what we're talking about right now. It's been two years of this talk about how Joe Mixon is invaluable in these intangible states, and that's why he should be compensated in a way that completely affects their the, the rest of their salary cap issues and plans. At some point, it has to mean something on the field. Yeah, John, and I, I'm, I'm just saying this. If Mixon is a good pass blocker, if he gets, you know, 40 receptions, and maybe they, 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 you know, reduce his workload so he doesn't have more of these injuries. I know he's not injury prone. I think he just runs really hard. I mean, maybe it's the same thing. Yeah, I, I've seen harder runners. Let's okay. be honest. John's not a big Mixon fan, and he really wishes we didn't give him on that much. I wish That's he was as good as people yeah. claim that he is. I really yeah. do. And I really wish it wouldn't come down to, oh, if he had a better offensive line, he'd be better. Well, maybe you should pay and well, develop the offensive line that way. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I get it. But, John, we have Frank Pollock back. And, and I know. Mixon, this, yeah. this, is, this is the year for him to do that. That's, yeah. that's all it is. I, I, all yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I could see him having a big year, yeah. You know, John, you know who does run hard, and you can't argue with me on this, is Samaj Perin. That guy mm-hmm. runs hard, John. He, he really, he does. And I, my body aches just from, from watching him. And it's, I know you're going to probably, Hoji would say he's not here. It's because I get my couch from Value City. No, that's not why my body aches. It's because the man has, has he has grit. He, he, he cares. He cares. That, you know, I, I get the mo- mix-in as the hype guy, but I think guys like Perin, and the guy we got from Pittsburgh, the cornerback, and Von Bell, and you know these kind of guys, I like. I like having them on our team. These veterans who come in and they're just like, you know, this is how you do it. You go out, you sacrifice your body, and you make stuff happen. So I, I'm a big fan of Perrine. I'm really glad we resigned them. Honestly, I think I have an underdog complex when it comes to running backs because think about Perrine and comparing to Mixon, right? They, they were both teammates of Oklahoma. Perrine, Perrine, however you say his last name. He took over as the starter when Mixon got suspended when he was in college, right? And he was actually incredibly productive. But Perrine, you know, he's a little bit older. He's not as athletic. You know, he's bigger, but he's not as fast as Mixon. doesn't have the agility, the elusiveness that comes with his game. He's not as versatile. You can't use him out wide as a receiver. But that those inherent disadvantages that he has compared to Mixon and other top talented backs, it, it – it forces him to work harder. It forces him to run harder. And you see the results. Like there, there were times last year where he genuinely looked like the best running back on the Bengals roster. And he did it behind a crappy offensive line. He got so much more yards after contact than I ever would have expected him to. He was drafted in like the fourth round. This is like the second or third team that he's been on. And I really do think he's found a niche role. And I really do want to see him succeed. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 
I, I'm with you on that. And I, I think he is going to succeed, John. I really do. I really do. What I saw out of him, he was getting like five yards a carry. I mean, he was just great. John, look, after those two, because they're kind of similar runners, they're, they're bigger runners, they're the hard runners. We have two guys who could add an element of, of you know, dynamic play in Chris Evans and, of course, Travion Williams, who is his third year now, John, I think. Yeah. Is he, yeah. And he, he hasn't seen the field a lot, but 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 look, he's, 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 he's very fun to watch. So I don't know if he's going to find his footing in the NFL this year or if it's going to be Chris Evans, but we're going to have a change of pace guy. Don't you think? I mean, I think either one of those, one of those guys is going to see some playing time. Here's the thing that concerns me of Travion. He was drafted the same year that the Bengals hired Jim Turner as the offensive line coach. Jim Turner came from Texas A&M the same time that Travion Williams was at Texas A&M. So they were both added to the Bengals in the same year, in the same offseason. Travion, he came from a system into Jim Turner's system. Like that, that was his offensive line coach in college, and then it was his offensive line and run game coordinator coach in the NFL. And he barely touched the ball when Jim Turner was here. Now Jim Turner is gone. They drafted a new guy in Chris Evans in the same round that they drafted Travion three years ago. It's really hard to see his role and his opportunities increase under a different run game coordinator, under a different scheme, especially now that they have a, a younger version of him in the fold in Chris Evans. So, you know, we love Travion. He's got a lot of talent. He was really productive at Texas A&M. I do think that if he'd gotten more opportunities in the last two years, we would have a higher opinion on him now, and we, we would be more confident that he, that he could make an impact this year. It's just with the, with the timing of everything, it, it seems like he might be more on the bubble than we think. Yeah, that's, that's too bad. That's too bad. But John, let me ask you something else. Let's, let's, let's forget the players for a second. Obviously, we have to talk about the offensive line. What about the running schemes? Because they have not impressed me. Zach Taylor, you know, Brian Callahan, they have not, exp- they have not shown me that they are an upgrade over Marvin Lewis. What I mean, what do you think? Do they have that in in, in them? You you've kind of hinted that it's the 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 personnel, the linemen that's limited their scheme. But it's not creative, you know. And it seems like just like with under Marvin Lewis, it seems like they with the bigger backs, it seems like they're they're you know pitching the ball, and with the smaller backs, they run them up the middle. I mean, I'm just so confused the way they use our running backs. Well, isn't that inherently creative? Like unpredictability signifies creativity because anything that is not productive, anything that's not successful, it's not going to be connotated in a positive light. It's not going to be described with an adjective like creative. It's going to be used like dull, predictable, and just relatively unsuccessful. I think personnel 100% is the reason why the scheme has been bland and just generally unsuccessful. It's hard to do a variety of things with with your running personnel when your offensive line it, it, they can't hold blocks they can't get out in space they can't generate movement they can't do anything to allow these running backs to create it's been really tough to see Mixon just kind of you know fight and grind his way through two to three yards and just see these guys having to get so much of the production after contract and after contact excuse me and go through multiple reads and because their gaps just aren't opening up okay but john let me just let me just say one thing the Steelers always find a way for the running game to be good and I know, oh, they have good linemen. This year, they have such a bad... John, watch. Their offensive line... They're going to find a way to have an effective running game. Doesn't matter who the running back is. Doesn't matter what the line is. What, what yeah, is co- that? But what, yeah. coaching, coaching matters, though. Like, yeah, Pittsburgh historically, Pittsburgh historically just doesn't change coaches, right? Like, they've had three head coaches in 50-something years. And those head coaches, they have, they have great relationships and networks with, with other assistant coaches. They always find a way to, to fill out a decent staff. 
I the Pittsburgh Steelers lost their offensive line coach and Mike Munchak a couple years ago. Ever since then, the offensive line quality of play has decreased in the last two years. And I really think that might see an even bigger decrease now that because their offensive line does stink. But the last two years, Bengals have had a crappy offensive line coach who brought in, for the most part, crappy offensive linemen. It's not been a good mix. Now you have somewhat but, decent offensive linemen and a good offensive line coach. It, but, may, it, it will make a difference. Okay, John. I get it. The offensive line men, offensive line coach. I'm seeing the head coach. I'm, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. The play calling. I know who calls the offensive coordinator. I, I just I don't ever see a running game looking as smart. You know what's funny is the games with Perrine, I don't know what it was, but their schemes looked smarter. They seemed to be working better. I don't know what was happening, but I, I'm just saying I want them to – look, with the Rams and all these teams, you look at them, and, yeah, they're putting up a lot of passing yards, but it looks like when they run the ball, they, they know what they're doing. They're decisive and they're smart. And it's just I, – I just hope that Zach Taylor or Brian Callahan has that in them. Well, the schemes for the most part didn't change when they put in per P-, P Ryan instead of Mixon, right? They were mostly doing the same things, but and that does come down to the running back being smart as well. Like he has to know when he has to make his cut, when he has to go from one gap to the next. When he, like running backs have these reads, right? When you're we're on these wide zone and zone in general concepts, right? You go from outside to in, and you have to be be able to leverage yourself through and in and out of these gaps based off of what your blocks are giving you. And if you're not making those right cuts, you're minimizing the work that your offensive linemen are doing. I think that for the most part is a big difference between Pirine and Mixon. Pirine, even though they have the same amount of experience, he just seems much more adept at reading his gaps and making the most of what he's being, what he's being given. So it, it almost sounds like you're kind of throwing shade at Mixon there, which is not exactly wrong. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean that. I love Mixon. But I'm just saying, maybe okay, maybe maybe Pirine is maybe he's more instinctual, you know, maybe he's he's better at reading the gaps than Mixon. I don't know. They say Mixon is a patient runner. That's what we've always said. We compared him to Le'Veon Bell initially, patient runner. Maybe he's too patient. Maybe he just needs to, you know, just go go in there like like Pirine and just throw his body out there and just hit people. I don't know, John. Okay, I, I think. I think we figured it out. We get we get what's wrong with the running game. We get who's going to do what. So I think we can end it here unless you have any other comments or Bengals news. We didn't even talk about Chris Evans, the the, the actor who's going to be playing running back. Guy is like 25, 24 years old, but he's yeah. a rookie. And yeah. he should have been more productive at Michigan if the coaches knew what they were doing because the dude is a natural receiver playing running back. And I think that is going to matter when this entire roster is constructed, like how many receivers they keep, how many running backs they keep. I think that depends on what their overall plan with Chris Evans is, because right now, like Mixon has the ability to be a great receiving back, but he's never really done that. They never really give him that opportunity. P Ryan and, and Travion Williams, not so much in the receiving department. Chris Evans gives them a new dimension from that position. And I think that could impact how the rest of the roster is built. And he ultimately could be the third and the, like the final running back that they keep if they decide to only go three. I think he's that good. Yeah. Well, I did mention Chris, but I didn't talk a lot about him, so I'm sorry. But you know who he did not mention, John, is Puka Williams. Mm. John. Bas- basically the same thing. John. Only smaller. Yeah, but 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 the name Puka. No, I'm saying John, it's like that's what you call like your sweetheart. I love that name. I mean, that guy has got to have a lot of personality. We should get him on the show. We should. But but. Yeah, Puka Williams also. I say I think he's kind of that uh, smaller, right, more dynamic kind of guy. So he's my size. He like yeah. there's not a lot of five ten, five nine, hundred seventy pound running backs. If he's going to yeah. do anything, it's going to be as a returner and as a gadget slash like slot receiver. 
So yeah, and, and they could manufacture some touches out of the backfield, but there's a reason why you don't see very many NFL running backs at that size in the year 2021. We'll see. I mean, look, we'll see. The the biggest thing is the passing game. You know, keeps the defense on its toes. And we can set up the run, John. I, I get it, I man. I am up to date with the whole new offense thing. You 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 set up the run. You don't establish the run. So yeah, maybe they can do that this year. We'll see. I think a big deal in addition to the improved offensive line, we're going to see if Zach Taylor can actually use that brilliance that he is supposed to have to to catch defenses off guard. All right. For John Sheeran, I'm Daddy McDook. Don't forget to leave five a star review and subscribe. So long, sweetie. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.